eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everybody, welcome back. Noel, thy enemy. Tenth episode. And man, I am still juiced up from that Florida State ass whooping that they gave Miami on Saturday night, 45-3. to Dane, how are you feeling? The Noles are 6-3. and three. They're going to Syracuse, which is normally like a weirdo kind of sleepy environment to play another six and three team. Are you still feeling confident about this one? I'm going to tell you, I think I am. I agree with you, Trey. I'm feeling great. How could you not yeah, be baby. after, you know, last week's game? But I definitely feel good about this matchup. I mean, we're going to keep, we're going to talk a ton about it, but I'll say that I have my prediction ready this week. And it's Stop a good one. It. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, you pro. And that's a good tease, too. Stay with us to hear Dane's already predetermined (laughs) prediction. Very nice. Well, Syracuse and Florida State, like we said, they are both six and three, but it's a tale of really two uh, diverging teams. Syracuse started off hot. They were six and oh, they had wins against Louisville, Connecticut, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner. that's, That's okay. Whatever. NC State. And they followed it up by three losses to Clemson, which is respectable. Notre Dame, they lost to Notre Dame 41 to 24. So the losses are starting to mount up a little bit. The one that really sticks out and really shows you that Syracuse is kind of the downswing. They just lost to Pittsburgh, which is not a very good team at all. 19 to 9. What an abysmal looking score. As far as the advanced statistics go, SP Plus, which is that, you know, opponent adjusted, tempo adjusted rating on the quality of play, has Syracuse as the 58th best team in the entire country, which is very low for a six and three record. Kind of gives you an insight into where um, that team has been performing recently. 77th best offense in the country. Really bad. Uh, Very mediocre. 36th best defense and 40th best special teams. How that stacks up with Florida State on those same metrics. S&P Plus now has Florida State as the 27th best team in the country. 38th best offense. 26th best defense. 124th in special teams. But Cotton Fitzsimmons is feeling a lot better. We think we're going to pump those numbers up. Dane, what's your overall opinion of this Syracuse, uh, Syracuse as a team, and what has really led to their their backslide over these past three weeks? Yeah, I think um, they've had some injury problems throughout the year, but I think definitely recently that's starting to really mount or really mount up. I mean, last week especially, like against Pitt, they they didn't have Garrett Schrader, who's one of their best players and probably the most valuable player they have at quarterback. Um, He's been really good this year, and they, they use him a ton. Obviously, in the passing game, he's the quarterback, but also in the running game, he's kind of like a two-headed monster with um, All-American running back Sean Tucker. Not having him is a big deal. I have some stats from that pit game. It's just really ugly. I think the backslide and the offensive production has has been really apparent without him. 
like, I mean, against Pitt, well, we'll talk about it when we get to the second quarterback, I guess. But, um, but yeah, offensively, definitely not as good as they were. Have some talent, like Sean Tucker, really great running back. If you have Garrett Schrader, a lot better than if you don't. Um, yep. You have some weapons on the outside, not a great offensive line. And then defensively, statistically, yeah, definitely better there. I think that's heavily carried by their pass defense. They have a really strong pass defense. Um, that's also been hindered by injury. You lose mm. one of the better cornerbacks in the country, really, probably the best cornerback in the ACC and Garrett Williams a couple of weeks ago to a season-ending injury. And then um, up front, they've lost a ton of guys. They've lost – since the beginning of the year, they've lost three of their top six rotational defensive linemen. Um, they've Oof. lost a starting linebacker, an expected starting linebacker at the beginning of the year. They've just really been hammered by injuries, and they're really small up front to begin with, and they've been getting, so they've been getting run on really well. Uh, yeah. God, just, I don't know. Linemen going down, linebackers going down, dwindling Garrett's. Everybody named Garrett. Watch your back on Syracuse. You are you are marked men. But I, you know what? It's very apparent to see the splits. Um, what you were talking about before they started to face a tougher slate of teams than before Schrader's injury during the six game winning streak. The Orange were averaging 244 passing yards and 170 on the ground. Very balanced, very efficient, pretty effective. Uh uh, no, actually, no, I miss, I misspoke. So 244 passing yards, 188 rushing yards combined. So even more efficient, even more effective in the three losses that 244 in the air goes to 170 passing yards, which is not a lot at all, but what's even crazier is the rushing yards with Sean Tucker still being available. They go from 188 to 70. So Garrett Trader's impact obviously felt through the air but really taking a lot of that defense's focus off him, off the quarterback as well, so they can key up on Sean Tucker. Um, and it's just it's just been really bad. They haven't been great on third down either. Um, it's, it's, it's just tough. I mean, the only thing that they do really on offense since Schrader went down, they haven't turned the ball over a lot. Um, but we will see how that continues to go. So regular starter, let's talk about Garrett Schrader. I think we should get right into the offense. And it starts and ends with the quarterback, right, Dane? So Garrett Schrader, who has been injured, we don't know what it is. Dino is calling it an owie, which is always odd seeing a grown men say the word owie. But whatever, you're more successful than me. Six foot four, 228-pound quarterback. He was 67.2% completion percentage on the year before the injury. 1,600 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions, so pretty productive. Also the second leading rusher on the team, 101 rushes for 373 yards and six touchdowns. He's a big threat in the red zone. We don't know if they seem to think that he's going to try to give it a go. I don't know if we're going to see him play this game. Like I said, it's been very close to the vest, but so much of Garrett Schrader's effectiveness stems from his ability to run and pass. So having a leg injury is really going to hamper that. Even if he does play, uh, if he doesn't play or if he's limited, the next guy up is a guy named Carlos Dario Wilson, who is a Florida transfer. Uh, <laughs> his stats this year are pretty awful. Uh, he is 22 of 50 on the year. That is 44% for 342 yards, a touchdown and a pick and 24 rushes for 36. That's like, 
I don't know, it's like one and a half per or something. So what do we think of the Syracuse quarterback situation, Dane? You think Schrader's going to give it a go? You think it's all a smokescreen? And then just give 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 Florida State fans, paint the picture, depending on which guy plays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really kind of dead in the water without, without Schrader, I think. But, um, yeah. but you got to think Schrader's going to try to give it a go. Um, I don't know if we can speculate what it is. I rewatched that Notre Dame game and I feel like I know what it is. Okay. Um, give us a little, we we're, we're prognosticating a little bit. What <laughs> caught your eye, Mr. Dane? Well, I thought he pretty clearly got rolled up on like his right ankle. Um, yeah, it looks pretty obvious, but it's an owie. It's a lower, yeah. lower leg owie. That's what big, they say in hockey. Big time owie. Um, he tried to play a two more drives after he did uh, get rolled up on and he really couldn't throw the ball at all. Obviously couldn't move around the pocket that well. Um, I think even if he plays in this game, obviously he's not not 100%, and that's going to be a big factor because they do use him so much on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, when he – it was fresh off the injury, but he couldn't really pass well at all either. Um, when Carlos Del Rio Wilson is in the game, like against Pitt, that was the only game they played where he played the entirety of it, um, they were just – Really, really, really bad on offense. They never scored a touchdown. Pitt does have a pretty good defense, by the way. I mean, not uh, kind of similar to Florida State's, but um, but they never scored a touchdown. They went three and out on sixty-two percent of their drives. Oh my! They goodness. only averaged thirteen yards per drive, and they had a twenty-three percent success rate, which is in the the first percentile. Um, uh, like, Dane, just for comparison's sake, worse offense, Georgia Tech with Zach Pyron or Syracuse with Carlos Del Rio Wilson? Syracuse with Carlos Del Rio Wilson, I think. Oh, boy. Okay. Against Pitt, at least. We do not want Schrader to play. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, just we don't want that to happen. No, we do not. I, I mean, they really – I don't see them – I don't see them getting the, in the end zone if, if Schrader doesn't play. And he isn't going to be healthy. So, so I really like FSU's odds in this game. I think that's – that's why I'm. That's the biggest reason why I'm so optimistic about this game. Okay. Well, um, before we before we go into the running back, because I think the focus of this game should be Sean Tucker. Even when Schrader was healthy, the kid is extremely talented, and I love the way he tweets. His tweets are very entertaining. If you have Twitter, they're very fun. They're very fun to go through. But before we get to that, let's talk about the Syracuse offensive line. It's it's honestly amazing how productive that kid is with uh with the offensive line that the orange have opponents are averaging 3.1 sacks per game against them it's 113th in the nation and about 5.9 tackles for loss which is 81st so this is not a Syracuse offensive line that is really effective at all what do you see from that Syracuse offensive line and is Florida State going to be able to eat with a defensive line that is starting to pick up some health pick up some confidence and really start to put in some dominant performances yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't, honestly. Um, you mentioned how often they get sacked the, per game, but they, they really run a little bit more than they pass. So it's even mm-hmm. worse when you look at sack rate, like per dropback. It's yeah. 122nd nationally. They really are really struggling to protect the quarterback. Um, Matthew Bergeron, their left tackle, is pretty good. He's considered a, an NFL draft prospect, but um, he's also the highest graded guy on that offensive line, 77.3. But... Not a lot to note on that offensive line. They just aren't that great. And yeah, last game also, Kalen Ellis, the left guard, he missed that game. That's worth noting. If he's out again, that's only going to further hinder that that group. And with Florida State, like you said, really starting to get a rolling on the defensive front, I think they could uh, they could definitely eat 
especially, I mean, I was going to say especially if Schrader doesn't play, but even if Schrader plays, if that is an ankle or whatever it is, if he's injured at all, um, that's going to make that that much tougher for him. And it's crazy that the sack rate is so high when they have mobile quarterbacks. Schrader, when healthy, is mobile. Del Rio is a mobile kid, and they're still hemorrhaging all that. So as you see, like Florida State on our offensive line throughout the year, they've, they've allowed a decent amount of pressure. However, the the movement skills, the feet, the athletic ability of Jordan Travis has kind of led them to be lower in sack rate than you'd imagine. Those kids just must be under duress all the time. And like you said, if there is some injury to the interior of that Syracuse offensive line, Fabian Lovett has looked like an absolute monster since he's come back. So it could be a rough day for the orange people for sure. Sean Tucker. Oh, teams. Oh, go ahead. Something else you want to add, my friend? How dare I? How dare I? Go ahead. No, I, I thought you were. I thought you were glitching out for a second. I was worried. You're good. No, that's just a weird way that I talk. No glitching. That's just my uh, that's just my face and my lack of charisma. Anyway, Sean Tucker, it's very interesting. Teams know that they are going to feed 34 all the time. He's the focal point. He still gets his 155 rushes this year, 777 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. He's averaging five rushing yards per carry, third in the ACC with 86 rushing yards per game. He's also productive out of the backfield. 34 receptions for 245 receiving yards. That is seventh in receiving yards for all FBS running backs. Two receiving touchdowns. He's rushed for 100 yards in 15 of 30 career games. That includes three this year. Thank you, Chris Nee of Knowles 24-7 for all the stats and info. My man does a really good job with that 247 article, and I rip all of his stats. Sean Tucker, great running back. Good for him for sticking out of Syracuse as long as he had me, because they have just the tread. They are beating him into a pulp. What do you think about Sean Tucker? And are there any other running backs to note on Syracuse? I don't really think there is any other running backs to note. He does get so much usage and he mm -hmm. is so important to that team. Um, he's just, he's the best weapon they have on offense and they have another really good weapon too that we'll get to, but he's one of the best running backs in the country. He was a Doak Walker award finalist last year and all American. He was fourth nationally last year in yards from scrimmage with over 1700. It just Oof. under 1500 rushing yards. Um, he's, he's pacing below that this season. Um, He's not rushed for more than 100 yards since Wagner on October 1st. So he's kind of struggled lately. Or they have Good call. The Good lately. call. Interesting. Nice info on the splits there. They, they've also played some tougher run defenses in that span. But, um, but I think that's definitely worth noting. He hasn't been as productive. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned, super uh, – they throw the bottom a lot out of the backfield. I feel like the only guys they throw to really are Sean Tucker and – Aronde Gaston Jr., who is the other guy of, of note on this offense to me. Um, Let's Gaston, talk about him. I'm a Dolphins fan. I remember that name. That's yeah. a colorful name. Eek, 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 baby. Go fans. Aronde Gadsden, his son, making me feel way older than I should. Tell me about him. He's he's a big weapon, Six foot five, 216. I think he's going. He's a, he's a matchup problem no matter who he plays. 41 receptions, 677 yards, and six touchdowns. Extremely, extremely productive. What do you say out of Oronde version 2.0? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he's listed. He's definitely versatile. He's like Sean Tucker. He's definitely versatile. Mm -hmm. Definitely a matchup problem. He's listed at tight end, but he's really used more like a like a hybrid wide receiver, big wide receiver. Um, 
it's only a second year in college. Last year, you didn't really do anything um, on the field from a statistical standpoint, at least that I've seen. Um, but it's super productive, like you mentioned, 41 catches this year. That's 22 more than the second most for a receiver on the team. Oh, so boy. gets used a ton. Him and Sean Tucker, like far and away, lead the team in receptions. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't it's know. It's nothing be- after that, huh? Uh, well, it, besides them, I, there's a drop off. The second most behind, or the third most on the team behind Tucker and Gatson would uh, I think be Devon Cooper at 19. There's Trevor Pena, Devon Cooper, and Courtney Jackson. Those are all smaller guys, um, and they're the guys getting past the ball most often when it's not to Tucker or Gadsden. Um, nothing really special with those guys. Just kind of your average ACC wide receivers, from what I know, what I've seen. Uh, and Dema- Damian Alford is another guy in that room. He has nine catches on the year. Um, I think he's worth noting. He's a he's a six six, two hundred eleven pound, more of like a deep threat jump ball guy. Big he's boy, had some yeah. highlights this year. He averages twenty three yards a catch. So he only has seven or he only has nine catches in the year, but he's right up there in production with the likes of Pena, Cooper, Courtney Jackson, which is all in that like two hundred and fifty yard range. So not super productive guys. They're really overshadowed by Gasson and Tucker, but but worth noting is people who are using this offense. Kind of a bummer for Syracuse. They had a nice little three-headed monster going with Schrader and Gadsden and Tucker, but your quarterback's banged up, and they're so heavily reliant on that production, especially with Schrader's legs, that that team has become very one-dimensional. So it will be interesting. Gadsden is a matchup problem, particularly like Florida State doesn't have a, a bunch of great size in the secondary. They have been playing better over the past couple of weeks. And I hope that I, I think this would be a great game to have Jamie Robinson flying all over the box. He's really kind of rounded back into form ever since Florida State has moved away from that too high shell and let him just let him be active around the ball. So I think that this is a game and Florida State, I, I think even a Schrader, even if he does play, Florida State should be able to tee off stop the run, neutralize Sean Tucker, and then limit explosives to Gadsden, which they've been great at limited explosives all year. So anything else you want to talk about at Syracuse offense versus Florida State's defense? I feel I feel like Florida State's defense is going to – it's a we, – the, the thing that hangs over all this, the Carrier Dome is such a weird environment, and teams that are performing well go to that big gray slab of depression in upper New York, and they play like crap. A lot of the time. So there's there, there's always like a weird carrier dome hangover. But I feel like Florida State's defense is going to have a pretty. I don't think they're going to have a tough task. What do you think, Dane? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. And you mentioned limiting explosives. That's when you're when you think you're the better unit. Usually that's how you uh, you give up points. Right. Limiting those mm-hmm. explosives. And it, Syracuse isn't really an explosive offense in the first place. Um, or 77th in explosive plays. That's not great. By the way, FSU is first nationally, the 69 total. Boom. Plays Ooh, 20 yards. Nice. Hey, nice. All right. But, uh, but through the air and the ground, they're really not particularly explosive. So, yeah, I, I like the matchup there a lot, especially uh, with a hindered unit. Hmm. Interesting. I can't wait to hear that prediction. That's already done. Know thy enemy first. Can't wait. All right. Let's talk about. Syracuse's defense. How you want to start, Dane? Dealer's choice. You want to start back to front or front to back? Uh, let's go front to back. 
Okay. Tell me about the Syracuse defensive line. I think he said about half of their six, like rotational guys are hurt. I mean, is there anybody to watch out for? What's going on with them right now? And I believe you said something about them being gashed in the running game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So generally they're really undersized. I'll talk about getting gashed in the running game. Because I, that's that and the quarterback are really the biggest talking points in this whole game to me. Um, okay. Of why I think FSU is going to, going to win this game. Um, but uh, yeah, so in the running game, the last two weeks, this is mainly what I looked at for stats. Uh, the last two weeks against Notre Dame and Pitt, those two teams have ran all over Syracuse. Um, they're generally a r- really small defensive unit up front. I mean, mm-hmm. they they have a nose tackle. They, they base out of a 3-3, and their nose tackle is 5'11", 266. Kevin Darden. 5'11", that's me. I'm that tall. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it's a generous 5'11", too. I think if you're oh. if you're listed 5'11 <laughs> as a defensive lineman, you're probably not that. Like if you were actually 5'11, they'd probably give you an inch or two. But dude, I'm five. I'm five ten, like point two. I call myself 5'11", too, man. I I feel you, Syracuse nose tackle. I know that life. You just you're trying to climb as close to six foot as you can, brother. Nice try. Okay, so that that's their that's their beef on the middle. That's that's yeah. not a lot at all, my friend. No, it's not. And um. And outside of him, you have co-starters to the left of him, Steve Linton and and uh, Jadius Gear, Jatius Gear. Not sure, good to me. but six five two seventeen and six six two thirty three, and these are three three defensive ends. So lining up closer to the interior than than they would be in a four man front typically. Right, running yeah, not not those kind of typical stand up ends that you see. Normally, you'd like them to be a little bit heftier to to stop the run on the outside. It will be interesting because Syracuse defensive line is neither big nor extremely productive as a team. They average two point two sacks per game. That's sixty fifth in the nation, right directly in the middle, and they average about five point seven TFLs per game, and that's seventeenth in the nation. So they're not particularly disruptive, and that's before all those stats are compiled, before all these injuries that they've had. One thing that is a caveat, Florida State, particularly against Wake Forest, has shown a proclivity um, to be more susceptible to fast defensive linemen. Take note of what Wake Forest did, what Louisville did for a lot of that game. Florida State, particularly their tackles, have a lot of issues with the speed rush. I don't. I don't know if that's going to be an issue because I expect Florida State to run it right down their throats, especially from what they've done the past couple of weeks, what they did against that Miami defensive front. And maybe if this we were playing Syracuse week two with a fully healthy other defensive line, maybe that havoc and that 3-3 scheme and the speed of those guys could cause our guys a little bit more issues. But Florida State's offensive line is battle-tested. I think that Syracuse will probably get a couple negatives here and there, knifing in, getting across the tackle's face. But uh, I think we're going to be extremely productive in the running game. Do you feel the same? I do. I do. And you mentioned the game against Miami last week. That's exactly what they tried to do and they succeeded with against a unit that has been good against stopping the run. And this Syracuse unit isn't really one of those in the first place. Um, Mentioned their size, but last two weeks, Notre Dame ran the ball 55 times. On Syracuse, 73% of their plays. And they only had one explosive, um, but they we're still good for 49% success rate on the ground, which is really good. It's like 70, I think it's about 79 percentile, if I remember, uh, between yeah. 75th and 80th percentile range. And then same thing with Pitt. They ran the ball 47 times with no explosives, but they had a 47% success rate. So these teams are just knowing that they can 
over and over again, get what they want, really. And they aren't breaking explosives, but they're moving the ball and they're controlling the game and they're scoring points. And, uh, and I think that's what FSU is probably going to do too, except FSU is really good at popping the explosives too. That's what I think, man. Maybe like a seven yard Notre Dame run is going to be like a 32 yard Trey Benson run, especially (laughs) with the way that his, his, like his season is starting to pick up a lot of momentum. The way that he was running, the way that they were running counter against Miami was very impressive. Trey Benson showed a, showed a great aptitude for that. And who knows? Trayshawn Ward was pretty close to playing last week. He may be healthy. Like this could be, Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pop explosives, maybe an RPO or, or something to Johnny Wilson. And you could really take the life out of this game pretty early against a Syracuse team that is they've had a rough month. So I, I, I think Florida State can really snatch it from them. Let's talk about Syracuse's linebackers. Anybody to note uh, at that level? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think in the absence of Gary Williams, the cornerback, I think he was the best player on this defense before and he's mm-hmm. out. I think Michael Jones is now that guy. At middle linebacker, him and Marlo Wax are two really solid ACC linebackers. They like really hoard those tackles and the stats. Um, Michael Jones, though, he was a Buckus Award semifinalist at linebacker. Um, he leads the team yeah. with 75 tackles. That's a ton. 40 solo and also 55, uh, not 50, Jesus, no, definitely not 55, 5.5 tackles for <laughs> loss and three sacks. So he's all over the place. Yeah, and Wax has 61 total tackles, so they combined for like most of the tackles on the team. They also combined for five and a half sacks. Um, Derek McDonald's another guy that gets a lot of burn as a linebacker, but I think Wax and Jones are definitely the two biggest guys of note, Jones being the most talented guy probably in that, probably on the defense at this point. Got to be cursing. Got to be cursing their their defensive line at this point. Cause I feel like they're getting a lot of tackles. Maybe they probably want to have a little bit less when they've got like free running offensive linemen yeah. and running backs, like, like bearing in on them. And we know that Mike Dravel is very great at attacking eye discipline and, and fluidity and movement with linebackers. So Florida state, I think they're going to do that even with this three, three, five, which can sometimes get a little funky. Uh, Garrett Williams, like you said, their star best defensive player is out. What about Syracuse's secondary? You said that kind of that that high, I'd have to go back and see, but that total defensive rating, uh, 36th best in the country right now as per S&P Plus, you said that is carried by their pass defense. Is it totally crippled with Garrett Williams gone, or what have you seen in Syracuse's secondary the past uh, past few games? Yeah, um, I mean, Pitt isn't what a team that loves to uh, pass the ball, especially if they don't have to. Pat Narduzzi mm-hmm. isn't, isn't big on that. But um, they still didn't pass the ball very well at all. Um, and they didn't have Gary Williams in that game. I think they generally have a – they really have still a talented secondary. Like if I'm – if you're looking at PFF, they have a ton of guys graded pretty well in that room. Um, I think Deuce Chestnut, uh, the cornerback, Darian Chestnut, they call him Deuce, even though he's number zero. Uh, he's a sophomore. <laughs> I like him a lot. That's a good name. That's a strong name. <laughs> I like that. Deuce Chestnut. Okay. And uh, Isaiah Johnson's also a guy. He's 6'3", 204 pounds at the other cornerback spot. So a much longer guy. Jihad Carter at safety, he's pretty good. Jason Simmons, all these guys have gotten a ton of burn on the season and uh, grade pretty well in PFF. And then Elijah Clark, he's a starting free safety. He's listed as starting free safety on the depth chart. He did miss the pit game last week. So I think if he's out, Gary Williams is out, yes, they have, you know, they're really reaching to that depth, but they're also a pretty talented secondary who's definitely disciplined and has played well in the year as a unit. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, 16 turnovers to that defense on the year, 10 interceptions, six fumble recoveries. Uh, Pitt's, Pitt's turnover, I mean, not Pitt, Jesus Christ, we talked about Pitt enough. Cuse's turnover margin as a team is pretty good. It's about point uh, plus .78. That's about 18th best, so top 20 in the nation. They also have three defensive touchdowns on the year, so fourth in the nation. So if you're brewing an upset with a unit that is banged up, turnovers, defensive touchdowns, things that can create a lot of havoc and take possessions away from Florida State. Those are the ways to do it. Dane, what do you think overall about Florida State's offensive matchup versus that Syracuse defense? It looks kind of like the other side of the ball. It looks pretty favorable for the Knowles, unless I'm getting something wrong. No, I agree with you. And we keep hitting on it. I think they just got to run the ball. I mean, that's what teams have been doing against Syracuse. They just want to run the ball, and they've been doing well. Um, and I think Florida State's a really good team at running the ball. I mean, if we're looking at matchups, go back to Kevin Darton, you know, 5'11", 266, your favorite guy. He did begin the season as a second-team <laughs> nose tackle, by the way, behind Terry Lockett. That was one of the guys that's out. Um, but he's a pretty good player, too. I did know for a reason other than his size. You know, 5'11", limited... Kings always stand together, yeah. of course, Dane. It's a wonderful <laughs> height. <laughs> yep. Um, limited ceiling. Right. But he fits the scheme. Well, they like to move those guys around a lot, uh, moves well laterally. He's definitely quicker than other nose tackles that you're going to face. And, um, and just watch him a little, like he'll, he'll kind of get a little bit of penetration and sort of like tree stump himself in the, in the middle of that defense or in the middle of that line, <laughs> put down those roots and just anchor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and he, and he gets, He's, he's graded out the best as a run defender, so that makes some sense, I guess, even though he is smaller. But I also think it's a really good matchup for FSU um, with him, like with Marie Smith, who is more of like a more of a quicker offensive lineman. I think a yep. guy that's that's smaller that probably plays into his hand a little if he's not, uh, lining up right across from him. Also, a guy like uh, Demetri Emanuel, who's who's smaller or shorter, he doesn't have as much reach. You know, yep. this isn't a guy who's going to challenge that. So I like that as well. And uh, I just, I generally just really like, really like this matchup on both sides of the ball. And yeah. Well, that's good, Dane. You like it so much. Put your money where you like it. Mm-hmm. What's that prediction? I don't even have to, I don't have to come up with some fake topic to talk about to waste like 45 seconds. You're on it, man. Tell me <laughs> what you think's going to happen. It's the Dane prediction time on know thy enemy. Let's Uh-oh. roll. Oh my gosh. Um, so like against Wake Forest, FSU is a seven point favorite against in this game. FSU is also a seven point favorite. I think those lines are very, like very different. Um, yes. Against Wake, it kind of felt like a coin flip and I don't know why the line was that that far in FSU's favor this game I'm kind of surprised it's it's not more in FSU's favor I think it being seven points definitely lends its hand to uh to the expectation that Garrett Trader plays but I I don't think it's I don't think it's enough points my prediction Trey Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go 38 to 13 oh my god oh that's very close to mine but I'm with you I'm the same yeah I'm 38 to 17 I think like you know just and I, I even feel weird giving Syracuse seventeen points. I almost given them seven right. points for just the weird, crappy, depressing atmosphere of the Carrier Dome and Florida State coming off kind of eh. But you know, it's a night game too. So, like I said, thirty-eight to seventeen. I might. Uh, we're not going to ever do the same prediction here on Nold Eye Enemy. That's one thing we will not do. So I'm going to keep mine. But I kind of feel even better about yours as soon as I heard it. I just, I'm with you, man. I don't understand the line. I think that Florida State has been 
consistently playing better and better without Garrett Schrader and even a limited Garrett Schrader, Syracuse's offense becomes so one-dimensional, so predictable. And I think that Florida State, that their bread and butter is limiting explosives, so they will be able to neutralize a Rondé Gadsden and Sean Tucker enough. Those guys are still going to get their yards. They're good enough where I think they will. It's just not going to be enough. And then on the other side of the ball, if Mike Norvell can, if he knows that there's a weakness, he can scheme around that. So I have no idea. I've not been out there at practice, but I have to imagine that the game plan is different exotic ways to run the ball down Syracuse's throat, which you just did against a Miami defense, which not an elite defense, a, a, a team that had maybe like a borderline, extremely good defensive line. But their one thing that they were great at was limiting limiting the rushing attack of opposing teams. And you already beat their average, I think, in like the middle of the second quarter. So I think that Florida State is going to take control of this game pretty fairly early. And I think that they're going to beat the spread handily. So I'm going 38-17. Dane, you're going 38-13. We're feeling good. Hopefully you guys are feeling good. Everybody's feeling good. Day before the game, Florida State's on a nice little streaky streak, getting closer to the holidays. Hopefully they give you a nice big fat W of a meal. But Dane, anything else you want to say before we wrap this bad boy up? I mean, I don't want to set people up for failure, you know, or for disappointment. We're both going so high. Like, this is a well-coached team, and they yeah. have enough talent to get to where they are at this point. I mean, they played a cupcake schedule to get a 6-0, and and they were healthier than they are now. But, um, but yeah, if, if Florida State go, does go out and they win by seven points or they win by one point, they win it all, like, that's something to be happy with. But I'm glad we're in agreement that that we like this matchup and that we think FSU could really take over this game. I really do. And that, and that, the, even mine, that 38 to 17, that 21 point victory, that'd be the largest margin of defeat that Syracuse has faced the entire year. They only lost to Clemson by six. They only lost to Notre Dame by 17. They just lost to Pitt by 10. Like I said, I'm just feeling the metrics. Like I say, we're probably going a little bit too aggressive. I just, I don't. And even more as we talk it out, of course, that's a caveat to, Teams playing at home, they know this is kind of like their final gasp to try to like resurrect a season that was looking really positive. And it's a defense banged up, but is very opportunistic, good at creating turnovers. We'll see. Florida State does need to execute. I just feel like Syracuse's deficiency in the running game really plays well into the strengths of Florida State. So I, I'm with you. We don't want to set you guys up. Anything can happen. It's football, but I feel really good about the matchup on Saturday. Yep. Agree, agree. Well, it's always good to be agreeing with you, Dane, because I'm sure you're at least like 5'11", 6 foot, and you're smarter than me. So I feel like a million bucks. Guys, I hope you feel like a million bucks. That was another episode of Noel Thy Enemy. Love you guys. Go to Knowles 24-7 for all of the in-game, post-game, interviews, analysis, reactions, everything. It is the best Florida State analysis website by far, and that's because of the great team, the great staff that we have. But honestly, it's because of you guys, the listeners, the people who participate in the boards. You guys rule. We love you, and we hope you get to celebrate a Florida State victory on Saturday night. Keep chopping. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 